Welcome to Empowering Leaders Podcast. I'm Yaja, and together with Alex, we're having wonderful conversations around what it takes to be an empowered leader. And if there's ever a time for our leaders to be more empowered, it sure is now. Whatever the crisis, challenges faced in the workplace, or even personally, great leadership is key. We'll also be joined by guests, experts in their own area of leadership. We invite you to rate our podcast so that as many as possible can benefit from these episodes. We're each contributing towards creating a world of empowered leaders because empowered leaders empower leaders. Now, let's jump in and explore. Today, we're talking about seven steps to building valuable networks. And today on our Empowering Leaders podcast, I'm with Nick Bendel. And is that how I've, uh, have I correctly pronounced it? Bendel or Bendel? Bendel. Bendel. There we go. Bendel. (laughs) So Nick Bendel. So hello and welcome to everyone who's listening, who's watching. Um, so Nick, please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Cause I know you've got a marketing agency and of course you've got your big 500 lunches, um, a project that you're involved with. So please tell us a little bit more about Hunter and Scribe. Well, thank you, Yaja. Great to be here. I'm the owner of Hunter and Scribe, which is a content marketing agency. For those who don't know, content marketing is basically copywriting and I started the business in July 2018, so it's a bit over two years old. I've got a background as a journalist, which is why I, I ah. starting a business that involves selling writing. Wonderful. And you also mentioned, Yaja, these lunches I'm doing. Well, since August 2019, I've been in the process of having lunch with 500 strangers in five years. And at the moment, almost 12 months into my journey, I've had lunch with 114 strangers. Yes, that's really awesome. I have a feeling you're going to get those 500 lunches in probably less time than you think. Well, they're so exciting. I love them. So I am ahead of schedule. Yeah, now that's really fantastic. I love the idea, the concept behind it, the motivation behind it. Um, and of course, you, know, you also shared with us during the, um, the Empowering Leaders Summit last week about how it came about. So maybe you can touch on that as well. Yeah, Joe, I think it was in May 2019. Uh-huh. A woman I was connected with on LinkedIn named Kaylee Chu. She lives in Melbourne. I live in Sydney. Mm. And I'd never met Kaylee. I'd never spoken to her, never interacted with her. But suddenly this woman I'd never met called Kaylee Chu, she was in my LinkedIn feed and she mentioned that she had just released a book about her experience having lunch with the hundred strangers in 2018. And I was very intrigued and she had a link to the website for the book and I clicked on it and I read some more information and I was immediately hooked. I am a voracious reader, Yaja, but I <laughs> almost never buy books because I have a great library near my home, but there was something about what this unknown woman Kaylee Chu had written that made me immediately pull out my wallet and buy the book then and there. And it it arrived a few weeks later, as it turned out, the book hadn't even been printed yet. And so I think it was June, 2019 that I got this book. And it was about Kaylee's journey of having lunch with a hundred strangers during 2018 as a way to improve her social skills. Mm. As Kaylee explained in her book, she not only improved her social skills, but she 
grew an amazing network and she started attracting all these opportunities into her life. And maybe more importantly, Yaja, she really sharpened her mindset. And I was so inspired by Kaylee's book that I thought, I need to do something similar. And originally I thought to myself, I'm gonna have a hundred lunches just like Kaylee. But one of the things Kaylee mentioned in her book was even though she now completed the hundred lunches, she was still continuing to have lunches with strangers because it was such a wonderful experience. So I thought if I'm gonna keep having lunches with strangers after a hundred, well, why would I call it a hundred lunches with strangers? Why not call it 500 lunches with strangers? So why not? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, it's interesting that you got into this so easily and so enthusiastically. Uh, what What is it about you and people who would be inspired to network with so many people um, and, and to have those connections over a period of time, because not everyone wants to do that. Why is it, what is it that motivated you? What is it that excited you about the idea? It was a few things, Yaja. One of the things that excited me was that it seemed like a big adventure. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's also maybe part of the reason why I made it 500 lunches rather than 100, because that makes it a bigger adventure. Yeah. I also loved what Kaylee had explained in her book, the way it had transformed her as a person, the way it had really improved her mindset. I thought that's something I could benefit from. Mm. And I loved the way Kaylee said that as she started becoming a better person and as her network grew and as more people got to know her and her story, she just naturally started attracting all these opportunities. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could put myself in a similar position and start attracting opportunities. And I regard this conversation we're now having, Yaja, as mm. because until a year ago, I'd never been on a podcast and now I get to be on your wonderful podcast. Oh, thank you. That's, that's wonderful. Well, we're definitely honoured that you're here with us. And it's interesting that you say that it's opened up many opportunities. So what are some of those opportunities that you've, um, that you've started experiencing apart from coming here on the podcast? What are some <laughs> other ones? Well, I've been asked to share my story on podcasts, radio interviews, uh, conferences. There's been some more opportunities in the sense that even though I haven't tried to turn any of my lunch companions into clients, some of them have naturally become clients of my business. Months after meeting them, they've, uh, they've suggested the idea. And uh, actually, just a few days ago, one of my one of the people I had lunch with, she actually referred me to someone else who's just become a client. These are some of the opportunities I've been attracting. That is really fascinating. And, and you know, it's interesting. You, you, your goal was not to set out to get clients. Um, never has been and sounds like it never will. And, and, it's, and I find that it's because of, from what I'm seeing, your spirit of generosity, your interest in other people, not necessarily in uh, trying to get them on board with you, but really your genuine interest in finding out these people's stories that somehow turn into potential opportunities for business. And yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, ironically, the, so I think maybe four or five of the people I've had lunches with have become clients, but ironically, yeah. the reason they've become clients is because I didn't try to turn them into clients. Mm -hmm. It's because 
we built a relationship and we friends and there was trust there. And that's why a few months later, when they realized that they needed the service that my company offers, mm. I was the one they thought of. But if I'd met them for lunch and I tried to, I'd taken a sell, sell, sell attitude, that would have been a massive turnoff for them. And when the time came for them to choose someone, I would have been the last person they wanted to turn to because they would have seen I had no genuine interest in them. I was only interested in their money. Yes, exactly. That's interesting you say that because I can see potentially for leaders in a workplace environment, whether it's virtual, online, or actually in person, that there is such great value in getting to know the people that they work with, having those connections. And then after getting to know them and genuinely being interested in people, and it's not that we have to know people's life stories, but really genuinely listening and being interested, then over time they can easily influence. And over time, those people that they, that, that they're leading will want to listen to them, will want to be mentored, will want to be guided and will want to get on board with whatever needs to be done. What are your thoughts on that? I couldn't agree more. If we were doing business on a piece of paper, you would say, well, it's all very rational. And if the boss asks you to do something, you do it. And if it seems like a good idea, you do it based on rational calculations. But that's not how humans work in real life, Yaja. We're emotional creatures and we want to have emotional connections with people. If we feel that someone cares about us and understands us and is listening to us, we want to follow that person. Whereas if we feel as though the leader doesn't give a damn about us, doesn't care about us, is only interested in themselves, we don't want to follow that sort of person. That's why I think building these relationships is so important. I love that. That is such a a poignant and valuable statement that you've made. I'm wondering, like with your business, Hunter and Scribe, you said you've got a team of people who work with you, don't you? I do. And yes. I'm quite new to leadership, Yata, because when I was an employee, I didn't have much leadership experience. And I think the leadership experience I did have, I don't think I did it too well. But one of the things I've been really focused on since I started building this team is trying to be a leader who builds relationships with them and shows that he cares about them and puts their interests before the company's interests. I love that. I feel, Yaja, if they know that I care about them and I, I know that they've got a life outside the business and I, I support mm. their family, then I feel like they're going to do much better work. Yeah. Uh, it is in my financial interest to... Yeah. Whereas I think if you take a very mercenary intro, uh, a mercenary approach, ironically, I think you get less productivity out of people. I couldn't agree more. I love that. That's really fantastic. Interesting. Um, have you, you know of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. I do, yes. yes. Now, I've been a big follower of his over time. Something that I love that he says is, uh, people don't work for me, I work for the people. Ah, I love that quote. Yes. Yeah, and and I think that what you just shared is very much demonstrating that, that you put their interests before you, the interests of your company because ultimately they are the thing that is helping build your company. So there is, and it's not to say that that is your motivating factor, but 
really it's like for a happy family, we've got to take care of the people within the family unit. For a happy organisation, for a successful organisation, we've got to take care of the people within the organisation, don't we? Exactly. So even putting aside any ethical considerations, if we look at it purely from a commercial perspective, it's in my commercial interest to, to take care of them and, and understand that I value them. And I, I've had bosses who are just the opposite, who just make it so clear to you through their words, through their actions, through their tone, that they do not care about you and that you're there to serve their interests. And it is yeah. working for people like that. Conversely, when I was an employee at Yaja, I had bosses who made it clear that they really valued me. They wanted me to succeed. They wanted to help me. And I did everything I could to, to follow through on what they asked me to. And I was so loyal and I worked so, so much harder. Mm. Yes, indeed. That, that makes so much sense, doesn't it? Um, and it's interesting now, after having had your over 100 lunches, have you noticed over time how it has affected your ability to, to lead within your organisation? What sort of changes have you noticed, if any at all? Well, during the lunches, Yaja, I've become more emotionally intelligent, I guess. Oh, lovely. I'm actually, by nature, a very self-absorbed person. I'm mm. someone who lives in his own head and... So I think for much of my life, I haven't been all that emotionally intelligent. Gotcha. Just because I've, I've just been living in my own little world. I've always liked people, but I've just been living in my own little world. But mm. as for all these other people, and many of the people I've met are leaders. Mm. Most of them, I think, has made me more emotionally intelligent. And that has made me relate better to my team and forced me out of my own head and forced me to look at things from their perspective. And I think it's made me able to better empathize with them and therefore it's given it's made it easier for me to serve them mm, that's actually very very deep in a sense in that i'm seeing that for a leader to be effective having these connections that you've been demonstrating yourself feeds into de the development of the leader uh, as you said, you become emotionally intelligent. There's emotional resilience that you're probably developing because, you know, you, you will have come across many different opinions, different stories, different beliefs, different values. So, you know, you could react as we all know we can react or we can probably learn to listen and s try to see from their point of view. So this is developing your ability to lead even more. I've, the, the people I have lunch with Yaja, often the conversations get quite deep and you, you learn about the person's background and their life experiences. And that has made me better understand human behavior and what makes different personalities tick. Mm. That has in turn improved my emotional intelligence. And I think that's a large part of the reason why I'm now better able to relate to my team. Yeah, now that's really, really is awesome. Have they, have, has your team or anyone from your team made any comments around your changes or your experiences? What, what, what sort of communication is coming from that point of view? No, that they haven't. I, I think because I started having the lunches before I built the team. 
So, Got it. So, so they didn't know me before that. Yeah. 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 That's fair enough. So tell me with your journalism, was it a solitary experience? One of the things I loved about the job was that it wasn't a solitary experience. Okay. I was talking every day to sources to, to gather information for stories, but then there were also the other journalists around me, some of whom worked on the same titles as me, but many who worked on different titles. And there was a really great feeling of camaraderie. I love that. And as a journalist, how many years? I think nine years. Nine, that's a pretty decent amount of time. That's pretty decent. That's, yeah, very cool. So what was it that drew you to journalism? I've always liked writing, so that was a large part of it. And I think, I, I didn't have a conscious awareness of this, but I've always been interested in other people and stories, and I've had a curiosity about the outside world. So I think unconsciously that's also what drew me to that. Mm, that's awesome. And where would that have come from? So as you were growing up, what were your experiences that had you having that interest in writing and exploring people's worlds, etc.? Where did that come from? I sometimes wonder, Yacha, because I don't know the answer to that. I, from a very young age, I started reading history books. I, I love history. And one of the things that I always loved about history was that there were so many great stories and it exposed me to the outside world. And I was always very interested in foreign affairs and, and foreign countries and traveling. Right. Because my parents are very worldly, so I'm guessing they must have rubbed off on me. Mm. Uh, maybe it was also partly just innate. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. And your parents, you said that they were fairly worldly. Um, how were they in terms of encouraging you and you know the the path that you were taking the you know the fact that you were very absorbed into books and learning and um yeah I, I presume again this was your absorption into the books was in some ways a way of having another adventure perhaps adventures because you were traveling into different worlds and thinking and it definitely was it was such a stimulating experience to read a book and discover another place or another time another story my parents have always been very supportive of wonderful reading and the various things i've done in my career and and they're big readers themselves so again i think that's probably something that beautiful that's wonderful you have siblings no just me Yata. oh there you go that would have helped probably because then they could just give their full attention to one person no yes. that's awesome fantastic i love that that's really very, very cool. Okay, so we've got these seven steps to building a valuable network. And I would love to, before we, just before we step into that, how, with regards, because you're in New South Wales, isn't it? I am in Sydney. Yes, in Sydney. Um, so I presume you're still uh, permitted to have in-person lunches? Correct. My first 66 lunches, Yaja, were face-to-face. -face. The next 30 were by video and right. 20 or so have been face-to-face. -face. Oh, fantastic. So literally you're just having your lunch and having a bit of a chat. 
Exactly. Terrific. Excellent. So that means leading that we can lead that now into the seven steps because it makes it possible regardless of what platform we use, whether it's an in-person restaurant or someone's home or simply via Zoom. So that's really cool. So tell us a little bit of how did you come up with these seven steps? The seven steps were things that just naturally happened. As I started having all these lunches, I think someone, I started hearing from people, oh, Nick, how, how are you doing it? And it's never struck me as being extraordinary, but I've been surprised that other people find it extraordinary. And as, I, as people kept asking me, Nick, how are you doing it? How are you meeting these people? How are you contacting them? How are you staying in touch? What are you talking about? Made me think about the process. And that's how I came up with these seven steps to build a valuable network. I love that. That's really very cool. And yes, I have read the list of the seven and it makes so much sense. And it's very simple, very easy, easy to implement. Um, so let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The oh, you go for it. Go for it. Lead the <laughs> well, way. Well, well, the first step, Yaja, is you need, if you're going to contact complete strangers, you need to come up with some sort of pretext for contacting them because you have to imagine that if, if, a, if you send a message to a complete stranger, they're going to wonder who are you, why are you contacting them, do you have some mm. motive, are you trying to sell them something, are you trying to marry them, do you want to convert them to your religion, is it a scam? Yes. They have all these doubts. So yeah. you, I think you need to come up with some sort of pretext for contacting them and the best pretext is a story. So my pretext, my story, Yaja, is that I'm having lunch with 500 strangers in five years. And so when I contact a stranger, it doesn't mean they're going to agree to meet me, but now suddenly they understand why I'm doing it and it gives yeah. more credibility. So I would say to people, come up with a pretext. That it can be anything. It can be, I want to meet 50 people for coffee. I want to meet yeah. people in my industry. I want to meet 100 left-handed people, whatever you like. Just come up with a pretext. That's cool. And it's basically a reason why and it's human nature to want to know why like i've had people say oh um yaja can we meet next monday and i'm thinking well what's the reason for it we it's natural for us to want to know why is this something that's going to be of value to me um is 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 this something that i want to spend my time doing yeah absolutely and many of the people i contact are very busy so i need to give them exactly. a what about if we meet I can pick your brains? That, that's yeah. not, that's yes. not a, So you need a pretext. You need a story. I love that. Yep. Fantastic. My second tip for building a valuable network, Yaja, is I think you should contact people, not just in your industry, but outside your industry. So it's great to meet people inside your industry. That way you can build strong relationships with people who might want mm offer you a job or a promotion or a partnership. It also means that you're going to gather important information about your industry. And that's wonderful. Yeah. I think you should meet people outside your industry because you're going to get new ways of thinking. You're going to have conversations you wouldn't normally have. And also you never know these people at some point, they might refer business to you. They might offer you some sort of business mm. opportunity. By all means, meet people inside your industry, but also venture outside your industry. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where your um, emotional flexibility comes into it too, because often people outside of our, um, our industry or profession 
are going to be thinking very differently and perhaps they may challenge our thinking, which I think is really fantastic because we, within our own businesses, even, um, you know, as your business grows, you know, there will be this department, that department, that department, and everyone's got their own different purpose, their own different reasons for doing whatever they're doing. Ultimately there is one goal. So there is some commonality with everyone, isn't there? Exactly. Yata. And that's why I think if you're meeting people from a different industry, you're going to be having conversations you wouldn't normally have. And that's exposed you to ideas that you wouldn't normally be exposed to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. That's, that's the second tip. The, now moving on to the third tip, Yaja. You've, so you've identified the stranger, mm. contact them. You've got a pretext. They're either inside your industry or outside your industry. The third step is invite them to lunch, not coffee. If you invite someone to coffee, it sends a message to the person that it's just going to be a quick meeting and it's going to be superficial. I think people agree to a coffee than a lunch, but you're not looking for a quick superficial meeting. You're looking to build a meaningful with this person and you need lunch to do that. And if I say to you, Yaja, do you want to have lunch with me? It sends a message to you that this is going to be a longer encounter and it's going to be meaningful and we're really going to get to know each other. And it's interesting because the feeling, I was just reflecting, thinking if someone, if, as you were just saying, Yaja, would you like to come to lunch? I thought, oh, it's, I'm feeling important. Ah, that's interesting. That hadn't but that's another thing that I think that people would also consider. That had never occurred to me, but I think. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, how often do people get asked to lunch, you know, other than colleagues or, you know, your best friend but a stranger even would you like to come to lunch i mean oh that's that's pretty cool how nice i think that's a a sense of importance significance is really important you know it's interesting before we continue with this i am noticing something that's showing here have you ever heard of the seven core needs no i haven't yeah well we've already covered connection the, these are seven core needs of a human being this is based on anthony robbins you've heard of him i presume yes Yes. So one of them is connection. Another is uh, adventure. And there are different ways of looking at it depending on who you are. So adventure, it could be, you know, opportunity, challenges, risks. Yeah. So we've talked about that as well. And we're also talking about um, uh, serving. So as you were saying with your business, you know, you end up this need to give. So by um, uh, connecting with your people and showing interest in them, you're actually serving them. You're actually giving something to them, that generosity. Um, and people need to feel significant. That yeah. is a need in some way, some people more so than others. And so you're, you know, this offer to ask them for lunch, invite to lunch is giving, some people will feel that more, that need for, oh, I feel important, you know, that, that I matter. Um, others less so, but still there is that. So interesting. So that's four out of them. Let's see where we go. Oh, oh okay. and five. No, five. Growth. Growth. Ah, okay, yes. Yep, we've got growth as well. Yes. Keep going. Okay. Well, moving on to the, the fourth tip for, for building a valuable network, Yaja, mm -hmm. and this is most important. When you're sitting down with a stranger, do not try to sell them anything. Don't ask them for money. Don't ask them for a job. Don't ask them for favours. Don't try to get anything from them. Just focus on building the relationship. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. And again, as you were saying earlier on, it's not about trying to get business. It's trying to get to know them and learn something new. If you approach it with a, uh, with a thought of what can I get from this stranger, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to feel cheap. But yeah. if you approach it with a feeling of what can I learn from them, yeah. how to know them, it's just going to validate them and make, you, make them feel like you care. Yes, I love that. That's, that's really valuable and so incredibly important in, you know, even, for example, you know, whatever we invite people for, if we have a motive or an intention that is in their best interest, then it's inevitably going to be an enjoyable experience. So whether it's, you know, inviting a person to a podcast or inviting a person to a, um, a, an event or whatever it happens to be or simply, as you're suggesting, inviting them out to lunch, if it's with the intention, I want to be there with you, fantastic. That's awesome. I love that. It, it makes them feel like you care about them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It feels cheap when you feel as if you're being sold to or manipulated. It does. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Fantastic. So we've done that. Okay. The fifth step for building a valuable network, Yaja, is during these lunches, do more listening than talking. Mm. Listen to the other person. Again, it makes them feel like you care, you value them, you respect them. And it also means that when you do speak, you're able to ask much better questions or you're able to ask comments that are really going to... Uh, I missed that last little bit. Uh, uh, so you're either going to ask great questions or, or you're going to be able to offer insightful comments that advance the conversation. Yeah. Hearing you that, that uh, that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, that being completely present to the person really, really listening shows the interest in that person. And that is just so important. Beautiful. I've noticed, I've noticed yeah, some people when they're nervous do a lot of talking. Yes. So I think we need to try to fight that urge mm. and just try to listen to the other person. And that's going to make the person feel comfortable. That's a great tip. That's a great tip because they, they, the person we've invited to lunch might be feeling nervous. <laughs> so they want to talk. We should be letting them talk so that they can feel at ease to do so. Yeah, I love that. Actually, that's such a great observation, Yadra, because mm. I, for me, meeting strangers now, it's old hat, but a lot of the people I meet, they are quite nervous mm. and they do a lot of talking for that reason. And I just let them talk and that makes them feel more comfortable during the lunch. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, good point. Very, very good. Love that. Excellent. So then we've got number six. Number six, Yadra, is during the lunch, share personal information with the other person. When you initially meet the stranger, to begin with, it's probably just going to be a superficial exchange of information. Yes. What do you work? What do you do? How long have you been doing? Whatever you've been doing, and that's fine. But after a few minutes, as you start to get more comfortable, I think it's important to start sharing more personal stuff because that's how you really start building the connection with the other person. If it's only a superficial exchange of information, you're only going to have a superficial relationship. But if you start telling them about 
your family, your your goals, your dreams, your weaknesses, your failures. Yeah. Feel drawn to you when they're going to start sharing the same sort of information with you. And when the two of you are sharing personal information, that's how you can very quickly build quite a deep connection. I love that. That is just so, so important because it's so easy for people to think that, oh, I can't share personal information because what will they think of me or how will I be um, considered? How will I be judged? Whereas if we take that initiative, so the previous step is let them do the talking. And this now step is, okay, well, let me share something that's really perhaps vulnerable, makes me feel vulnerable because it allows that, gives permission to the other person to. And I, and I love that thing of, you know, the, the, our little stuff-ups, the mistakes that we might have made and, or big ones even, and that it's okay to talk about them. I think it's great. The, the vulnerability shows the other person, again, I, that you're, you're there to, to have a proper discussion and, and that you care enough about them to reveal that side of you. Mm. Yeah, really, really good. Really good to hear that. Yes. And, you know, the interesting thing is it's simply sharing. We're not asking for advice, nor do they ask for advice. So it's literally an acknowledgement. And, and it's interesting. Um, there's a book that I have read by Sharon Pearson about Ultimate You anyway. It's about the internal, emotional, psychological kind of stuff that we can work on and there's different levels of friendships we can have and um, usually in business we have fairly superficial um, relationships but in, in, in the experience that you're sharing with your lunches there is an opportunity of taking the um, relationship to another level and it does take some vulnerability and it takes acknowledgement of the vulnerability so it's not about oh you poor thing what you should do is xyz it's oh i hear you thank you so much for sharing that really takes the person to another level and i can see that your little lunches are actually quite huge because you take people from a superficial, superficial, you know, typed out comment invitation to a level which has taken your relationship to a deep level very quickly within that hour or however long you have. I think that's, you've, you've hit the nail actually in a really big way. Thank you, Yaja. That's, I think, part of the reason I'm enjoying these lunches so much. Mm, yeah, very, very good. Very good. I love that. So sharing personal information, which also yeah. gives them that, um, 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 uh, what is it called? It gives them the opportunity to do so as well, the permission to do so. Yes, permission. That, that's a great Yeah. yeah. So, so that was our sixth tip, Yaja, share information during the lunch. And that leads on to our seventh and final tip. Now that you've gone to the trouble of meeting one of these strangers and building the relationship, the seventh tip is maintain the relationship. Mm. So don't, don't ghost this person. Now that you've met them, find, find, the, find reasons to stay in touch. So I like to contact people at least once every three months. And it might be a phone call, it might be an email, it might be a text, it might be engaging with them in social media, it might be suggesting another catch up. 
Now, I actually got a text about an hour ago from someone I had lunch with four or five months ago and he suggested, Nick, let's have lunch again, which is fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing him. And I, I mentioned at the start of our chat, Yaja, that a few of the people I've had lunch with have ultimately become clients. And that's because I maintain a relationship. And then a few later, they suddenly realized they needed the service that I offered. So the person they contacted. So at least every three months, I'm finding a reason for having some sort of interaction with these wonderful people I meet. And that's allowed me to maintain a relationship. That's fantastic. And, and you know, I, and I'm kind of surprised and pleasantly surprised because you were saying um, it's important to maintain that connection. I thought, oh, God, imagine 100 people every week, far out. What the fuck? What am I going to do? But you said, you know, once every few months, it's something that's doable very easily. Just pop it in the calendar, reminder, and, and reconnect. And, you know, even 500 people, that's still plenty, plenty of time to do that after your 500 um, uh, lunches. <laughs> and some of those people are going to be contacting us. So that's true. So it doesn't always have to be us that initiates it, but I think every three months, find some way to, to interact with these people from mm. strangers into friends. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I would imagine that some of them have become friends more than others, others kind of um, connections perhaps. Yes, that, that's spot on. So some of the people I've become good friends with, mm. And, and that's wonderful. And others, of course, I got on well with them, but there just wasn't that same chemistry. And that's fine too. Yeah. But now we, we have a, a, a good relationship and yeah. know that I'm there for them, they're there for me, and there's that trust and there's that connection. And again, I'm maintaining the relationship with these people and they're not going to be best friends, but they're still friends and yes. strangers. And that's yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Nick, that's, that's really great. I love the, the different steps that you've used, the thinking behind it, the meaning behind it. Um, what I'm also noticing is that every time you have a connection with the people, there is, an, there is a kind of a causal of, cause and effect thing, a domino effect, a snowball effect, because when you've connected with them, then both of you go out and you connect. Something from that experience affects and influences different parts of your lives? It's, it does start that kind of ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the people I've had lunches with have started their own lunches with Strangers Journey. Yeah. Really hard on me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, actually, I've, I've, a few of my connections and friends from different areas have said, I've started some hundred lunches or whatever oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So they were very inspired by the whole experience. And, and it's so simple, so simple, really simple. And really you're not doing anything in some ways different to others who are networking, but you've made it a, a project for yourself, a challenge for yourself. And the fact that you've called it, you know, hashtag 500 lunches, um, it's, it's easy to be attracted and it's, it's appealing. We, everyone can do something like that. Everyone can do it. it it's so simple. There's no reason why why anyone can't do it. Yeah, I think I'll do hashtag 500 podcasts or something, <laughs> podcast lunches or something. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, fantastic. Nick, it's been a wonderful conversation. I really have enjoyed 
um, this one-on-one chat um, after knowing you just for a short period of time. Um, and, and I get from you quite a genuine person, a person who means what he says and says what he means. Um, so it shows me a lot of a great strength of character and integrity and, and I think that is such a necessary, necessary qualities for, for leadership, for, for people who create empowering environments for, for, for other people, whether it's in your own business or on the social media platform. Um, and, and I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yaja. And, and thank you also for what you do, the way you put the spotlight on people and the way you empower leaders to be the, their best selves. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Fantastic. So thank you so much, everyone. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've enjoyed it, it would be really greatly appreciated if you might like to um, rate the show because obviously the more we get to get people to watch the show, the better it is for everyone. And if you've got any comments or reviews, please do add them as well. Thank you so much, everyone, and see you next time. 